Welcome to Balderdash Academy. We have a special night tonight. Um, we're lucky to be in this year's Port Fringe. And uh, as part of that, we wanted to reach out to other people who were also in Port Fringe this year, 2022. And luckily, one of our friends was the first one to respond. <laughs> We are tonight talking to somebody that Randy and I had the opportunity to work with in both sketch, Randy and improv, Eric Darrow Worthley, who, by the way, is not only an improviser, he's also an award-winning playwright, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And if I am, just go with it. <laughs> Eric, welcome. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> um. Yeah, I actually did a quick scan right then when I was talking to try to look up Crowbait to see. If- <laughs> We're planners. Um, I, I have planners. one a playwriting award. That, that is not it. Well, I have never won Crowbait. Okay, so Crowbait, for those who are listening, is Portland, Maine has a club, Crowbait Club. And on its surface, it is a playwriting deathmatch, which is as cool as it sounds. In reality, it's just a short play incubator and a bunch of friends hanging out with each other. But we like to think competitively, so it's a lot of fun. <laughs> the guy who's won a bunch of times says it's not competitive. <laughs> but in all fairness, I never voted for myself. <laughs> And I always have voted for myself. <laughs> See, for my whole thing is either way, I have a show at the end of the day that I can push out to festivals. So I don't care about what happens at Crowbate as long as I get to participate and have yeah. fun. So I always vote for the play I honestly think is the best of the night. And it's never been me. I'm weird that way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Eric, have you done Fringe? before i have yes this is my first uh foray into it participating or um or just going you know um what what's it like it's i mean this this year i think is going to be is going to be different um it feels different already it, yeah um just the whole just i mean there's only there's only seven shows, you yeah. know, so <laughs> you're, you're not getting like part of part of fringe that I love is the whole getting the schedules and trying to figure out and kind of, you know, oh, well, this show, you know, Randy says he saw this show and it was yeah. wonderful. We need to make sure we go see I that. See. And, OK. And, and, um, and trying to run across town to get happening. to another show before from one show to the next. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this year, I, this year it's just the, the the seven shows, so it's I think it's kind of it's going to be new for everybody. And this is the first year it's been back since COVID, right? Like in in live format, is that right? In live format, yeah, it was on video last. It was all video okay. last year, and then the year before it got. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the world. Um. <laughs> No, so tell us about your Port Fringe show. Well, it is it's called The Occupant of Hotel Room 429. Um, it's a 
short, simple story about um, a man getting arrested in a hotel room. Or as we call it, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Now, is it just you? Do you have a cast? Is it a one-man I, show? I have, I've been lucky enough. Uh, I'm Yeah, I am not. I'm staying behind the scenes this year. Um, uh, got two really wonderful uh, actors, uh, Joe Quinn and Scott Furrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Both of whom are just uh, anytime. Uh, I've worked with Scott a bunch in past Fringe Festivals such a wonderful actor um anytime i can have joe quinn uh speak words that i've written he yeah. makes them sound good so yeah we are lucky living where we do now we are all in maine adjacent to me we're all maine natives at least in my case right. um and this port fringe was for maine companies only mm-hmm. so you had to be represented a represented new word represented <laughs> that's to be represented in past tense represented it right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> and so you had to be represented by a main native or by a main citizen um which is how balderdash academy's in there i'm the only one out of the mold but we're a main company so yeah. they gave me the okay um, <laughs> so a lot of the talent draws from the portland area as well and portland is blessed for having a multitude of unusually gifted performers and writers and improvisers. It's like one of the best kept secrets of the Northeast is Maine's performance hub between what you have in Portland, the Schoolhouse Arts Center, Performing Arts Center, a large amount of just small local theaters that before the pandemic were thriving. Mm. Uh, after the pandemic, they're not thriving. So if you have ever thought about giving money to anyone, <laughs> look up theaters in Maine and just hit donate because they need you. Yeah. You wrote the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've actually written the show, which unlike most of the people I saw last night at the <laughs> fringe meeting, Means that, like us, you are way ahead of the curve. (laughs) Is this something that you wrote specifically for Fringe, or is this something that you had lying around? It's like I'm going to take this opportunity and and, and get this done. It 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 was something I I wrote it. Yeah, it it was something I had previously written. It just seemed like something that spoke to me right now, and I thought would be work well. Yeah, it's also the the best format. So this year's Fringe, uh, because we're dealing with it with COVID uncertainty, the first year back in person mm-hmm. since 19? Nine, uh, 2019 was the last one? Uh, yeah, we were on, it was on video last year. It got, yeah. What did not happen the year before that, so... So the way that they're doing Port Fringe this year is there are seven shows. Each of those shows are made up of three acts. So each of those three acts performs three times. So what you get is one ticket for three acts and a late night that's longer. So when we approach this, you only have what it's five minutes set up, takedown and 15 minute show, 20 minutes total. Yeah, I, you, you got 20 minutes, you know, the, yeah. you're getting kicked <laughs> off the stage in 20 minutes, however you want to spend it. 
It's Portland's version of the Gong Show, at least with the timer. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that we we need to work on is drilling the setup. How long is it going to take for us to? How much can we do off stage and run on when it's our time? Mm-hmm. It's almost like the one act competitions in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How many people can build a set in five minutes? <laughs> so, I mean, what's nice about that, at least as a playwright, is a lot of us have ten minute shows. Yeah. A lot of us have our six, seven, eight pagers, and a lot of us have those that went over 10 minutes, but they're not quite the 20-minute cutoff, and this is the the perfect in-between for that. So were, were you in the position where you had a 10-minute, or it was this one a little bit longer and didn't really fit that 10-minute niche? Uh, no, this is... It's, page-wise, it's fairly short. Um, yep. I'm some I'm someone who doesn't mind things being quiet on stage once in a while. Yeah. And so I'm kind of we 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 were talking about it in rehearsal and like I, I said, you know, it's okay, we can have some pause. And yeah. uh theater nerd joke coming up warning. Uh my actor looked at me and says, uh, do you want me to go the full pinter? <laughs> And it's like, we're, we're going full pinter on this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a designer. So to me, as a designer and a play white, a playwright, you play the white space. You play your yeah. negative space. Yeah. Um, and just like in design, in, in theater, that silence, if done right, I mean, that's a heavy thing. I mean, that's a physical presence on stage. Mm. I think that's one of the things that I have appreciated about uh, Eric's playwriting in the past when he's brought scripts to crowbate is because most people really try to ride that 10 minute line. Yeah. And Eric's not afraid to bring a two or three page play that has those dramatic pauses in them. And it doesn't have fluff if it doesn't need fluff, but it does have fluff if it does need it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Here are the rules of crowbate for people who don't know what it is. You write a show based on a theme, can't be more than 10 minutes. You put your name in a hat. If the show gets called, if the show gets randomly pulled, you can randomly select your actors. You only have two minutes to describe the show to the actors. Generally, many of us who write for crowbate, we don't go over six or seven pages if we want it to be an easy under 10. We try to put a character description or a general idea in the at rise to give a little more than you would in a normal show, just so the the readers can read something while you're explaining. <laughs> and uh, so Eric bringing in the short plays and going for the dramatic pauses in a playwriting death match is ballsy as hell. <laughs> and let's just reiterate I have never actually won. Yet! Yet! (laughs) Yet. It'll happen if if we can get that back off the ground, right? I mean, it's it's starting up again in June. That is, yeah. It's actually starting right the week before Crowbate. French. Port Port Fringe. Port Fringe. Yeah, this is me not listening to what I'm saying. (laughs) What did you say, Bob? I don't know. I wasn't listening. I have ADD. It's a thing. Um... (laughs) Are there is there anything with Port Fringe that you're concerned about as a producer, as a director, as somebody who's behind the scenes pushing the show forward that you haven't in other years? 
I mean, to do live theater is to just worry a lot. That's kind of what you do. Um, But, you know, I mean, that's the wonderful thing about Fringe Festival, the Port Fringe Festival specifically, especially, is that it's very much, you're pushing the boundaries. You're you're doing things you haven't done. You're doing things that can go wrong. And, you know, um, I was remember, I don't remember which year it was, but I do remember being at one Port Fringe Festival several years ago and getting to the end of it and turning to a friend of mine who I'd, you know, been seeing a lot of shows with and saying, you know, I don't think I've seen a show this year that I didn't like. Yeah. And I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just that there hopefully will be a glorious train wreck and there will be some, some wonderful, well put together art. And there will be some things that are combinations of the two and, you know, everywhere along that spectrum. So, yeah. Well, the palate cleansers. Yeah. (laughs) I, I approach theater differently than a lot of other people. I, 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 I've done real traditional theater. I've done professional theater. And then I stopped and just did interactive, lightly scripted, experiential theater. So I approach theater like an improviser where it's okay. I know how the show ends. I can get there. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, it's if something goes wrong, how can we make the audience think we are so brilliant? We planned it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Through yes and and self manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> self denial is a great thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey Eric, how many how many um, Port Fringe? Uh, how many years in Port Fringe have you had a, a, a piece produced in? Have you I by some combination of luck and tenacity have been in all of them. Oh wow! Yeah. How many is that? That's. Uh, 11 okay wow cool yeah um that's either either acting or producing or direct in in some way i've been involved in a show in in every port fringe so how do you see it's developed from that first year to now in terms of like how it's run or or even the theming around it if there is any (laughs) um i mean i really can't say enough good about the the port french committee and the volunteers who do it um i i think they you know right from the first from the first festival it was organized chaos and it was wonderful and fun and it's just really gotten they've gotten better at doing it every year Hmm. yeah just the festival staff just keeps getting better and better at doing what they do and supporting the artists every year. And I, I cannot say enough wonderful things about them. Learn, learn from the year before and make it better. Oh yeah. Yeah. So who are your showmates for this? My showmates. Um, I am teamed up with um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday theater company. Which means we with Balderdash Academy can see him. <laughs> and orthogonal arts, right? Thank you. Yes, I was. I was trying. Who I do not know. 
So I, I don't I'm, either, but as a board gamer, I love their name because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can either move diagonal or orthogonal. It's great. I'm I'm super <laughs> psyched to see what they bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to be talking with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday Theater Company tomorrow. We're actually going to see Marie Stewart Harmon in her show at Mad Horse. Oh, wonderful. Uh, which if I am doing this fast enough, um, you should go see that show. I hear it's amazing. Randy saw it. He loved it. Hey, this is Future Bob. I'm editing the podcast now, and I wanted to give you an aside uh, to let you know that we did see Jen Silverman's Collective Rage, a play in Five Bettys at Mad Horse Theatre Company. Uh, it does have our very own Marie Stewart Harmon uh, as part of the ensemble. It was brilliant. It was so well done. The cast is amazing. Um, the show itself, it, it's funny, touching, sad, celebratory, romantic, gentle, brutal. It, it's a brilliant show. There's a couple more nights left of this. If you're hearing this uh, in May of 2022, if you're in the New England area and you can make it to Portland, Maine for this show, you have to do it. Tickets are pay what you want. You can see the show and then pay after or do what we did and make a donation beforehand and then see the show. The um, the people at Mad Horse really have done a lot to make theater more accessible. So even if you don't see the show and you'd like to support a theater who's really doing what they can to bring theatrical arts to the public by any means necessary... Uh, check out Mad Horse Theater online. They're in Portland, Maine. I loved it. It was a great show. We will return to the podcast after this. Port Fringe presents The Adventures of Aphrodite Prime and the Invaders from Venus 12. A live radio extravaganza bringing the wonders of the future right here to 1933. Relive the adventures of the past at Port Fringe with Balderdash Academies, Aphrodite Prime, and the Invaders from Venus 12, a radio play from Balderdash Academies on the air live comedy radio show. Let us paint the scenes in your mind and see the world through the eyes of your ears. For more information, visit portfringe.com We'll see you on the air. Uh, now, have you reached out and spoken to them and, and started planning, or are you, is um, that still in the works? Uh, they're a little bit better organized than I am, so they they have reached uh, they have reached out to me. So the the folks from Monday, Wednesday, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> The days of the week theater company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Now, do you have any idea, uh, any plans for um, like joint marketing or information like that? Is it? Um, what are some plans you have for getting the word out about the show? Because for for people who aren't familiar with Port Fringe or Fringe shows in general, yeah. um, Fringe does a lot to help you sell tickets, but ultimately. You got to take some responsibility for the show and you got to you got to do your work. You got to get the the word out. So what are what are some ideas that you have for marketing? Oh. That is my weak point. I mm. I 
I stink at marketing. <laughs> um, I so often, as soon as anybody, you know, gives me any kind of opportunity to, I turn into like the, the stage Yankee and just like, yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nope. It's going to be good. Yeah. Oh God. Ain't that right. Monosyllabic oh, yeah. theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's where we're lucky uh, because that's, I'm kind of on board with you there. Uh, Bob's a graphic designer and you know, does he's been managing his mystery company for ages and, uh, Molly's in advertising and, right. um, and then like Marie's involved with everything in Portland, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the animal refuge league, but probably, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. And I'm like just the hermit in the background being like, good job guys. <laughs> Go team. I'm, yeah. I'm like, if I try a little bit, which is a lot for me, but like it, it just pales in comparison. Yeah. I do it because I, it's fun. Like I, <laughs> I have a lot of fun, I have fun talking to people. I love helping people. Um, and come on, it beats lugging shingles up a ladder, right? <laughs> I've I done mean, that. That's yeah, not very fun. Marketing's for people, or at least the way I do it, it's for people who think they like to be lazy, but in reality, they're workaholics. They just don't like to be physical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lazy. No. That's why I spent 14 hours writing this thing yesterday. <laughs> I see, but marketing, marketing is its own thing. You got to have a knack for it. I don't. I tried to get somebody to get me out of a lease once, so I showed him the apartment, and I only pointed out the bad stuff. I'm like, "This is our bedroom. It only has one outlet, um, but we make it work. We really like it, you know. But only one outlet. Yeah. You know. You realize that's a sketch, right? Like you have to write. <laughs> that's my life." <laughs> You know, marketing just seems like, to me at least, like just this magical ritual that like you are expected to do all these things and you have to do them because it gives you what you want and nobody knows which one of those things that you have to do, which one is actually going to work, which one is actually going to, in this case, you know, get the butts in the seat. Yeah, I like like blackmail or extortion marketing, the whole come and see our show or I'm going to keep on doing this. Yeah. (laughs) I've been collecting people's social security numbers and I'm like, I'm not, I won't release them if you come to the show. Like I did mention, I was proud of myself. I did sit down on my, my ancient laptop and like, okay, what photo editing software is actually on here? Yeah. And, I came up with an, with a, with an image and I'm getting that out there and, you know, you're talking to people and just doing whatever you can. Yeah. Mm. And just really, really the best thing I feel you can do is just be excited about your art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, you get in touch and people pick up on that. Yeah. One of my favorite things about theater in I'm a Mainer. Right. I I was trained in theater. Uh, uh, Tara and I had the same drama coach, Mike Burgoyne out of Bonnie Eagle. Um, a lot of who I am theatrically is based on his training. And one of the, my biggest takeaways from him was it was OK to be a fan 
of the people that you admire. Oh, yeah. And that's what I love about the main community. And you see this in improv a lot Mm. where we are fans who get to play with each other. Right. So So we get that like dream situation where yes and company's there a oh, great let's go play with uh let's go play yeah. with sam right or um marie our friend marie in mad horse being able to go and appreciate that show and being in awe of what your fellow creators are doing i've been in theater in a lot of different states maine in particular is one of the few ones where that sense of competition isn't really there so much as that sense of appreciation of what the other people on the state have and can do. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with uh, somebody, uh, as, uh, Matthew Russell, who yep. Andy and I worked with at the Fresnel Theater. Uh, he was talking specifically about improv, but I think it really goes like, it's not like we were talking about like, there's this other stuff. Are you feeling competitive? And he's just like, no, seeing good art makes people want to see more good art. Yeah. You know, that is if other people are doing good things, that's going to get people interested. That's going to get, bring people through the door. And once they're through the door, if you're doing it well, they want more. Yeah. Well, Matt in particular, I mean, he, he took a risk. He started um, CSE in Portland, Mm -hmm. comedy sports, Portland and comedy sports, Maine. Comedy Sports Maine. Comedy Sports Portland, Portland is over on the other side of the, the There country. we go. Comedy Sports Maine. That was, <laughs> that was my fault. We're the first Portland. We should count. I totally agree. It could have been Boston, Oregon if the coin landed on the other side. It could have been, you know? yeah. Um, now, he in particular, he, he had a number of the best improvisers from other groups. Hmm. And I think in any other location, that could have been a problem. But... I remember I was a part of the Chamber of Comedy. I was a part of another improv troupe. And we were always celebrating CSC's success. Yeah. Or like our big regret was not having the days off that we needed to go see the show. Whenever I got time to do it, I took my daughter up to see it. Mm. You know, it was our time together. That was such a good group of people. I was it was fantastic. So, so happy to be part of that. And, and, and like you say, everybody's just always supportive of each other. I, you know, I, when I could, I would always go down and watch shows at the, yeah. the chamber of comedy and, and at main rep. And, uh, and, and, and I, you know, I think that's, I think that's pretty awesome that, that you can put your, your own thing aside and say, Hey, look, this is my friend yeah. and they're awesome. What was funny about that is when you would come and see our shows, I would watch you from the stage and I'd be like, that's Randy. Like he was, he was awesome in one flew over a cuckoo's nest and everybody knew you except me really at that point. Um, I, I knew of you, but like I was fanboying over you from, from the stage and I'm like, Oh, he's here to uh-huh. see us. And he's so tall. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've seen, you have a lot of that in port fringe. Yeah. You have a lot of that in port fringe of, uh, the, one of the things that that we're doing or one of the things that we're trying to, to push is if you have a showmate that only has 20 minutes, don't stand back 
and watch, like offer to help them put things on. Where do you need this? Where do I strike this? I'm part of your crew. How can I get this for you? And I know both of my showmates have already like offered that. And I know I totally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing experience. It is, uh, if you have an opportunity to go see Port Fringe, uh, there are seven shows that run three nights at different locations. You'll find cool locations all too. of the information at portfringe.com. I believe after June 1st, uh, you can find it on social media. There is also late night shows that run only once. They will not have a preview, unfortunately. Um, it's been a long three years. If you're listening to this, go see the late night shows. Those people are putting a lot of work into one performance and they deserve to have an audience. So um, some information before we move on Uh, tickets for Port Fringe. What we're talking about will go on sale, I believe, June 1st at portfringe.com. The pricing is incredibly affordable. You can get a single pass for a show for $15 um, full shows for $30. I uh, f- ticket packages. You have the frugal fringer, $75 gives you one seat to every show and fringe fanatic, $125 gives you all access to every show, including all the late nights. So if you support theater, if you support not only theater, but we have dance, we have experimental it's fringe. If you support, creation and production and the theatrical arts you want to check it out it's it's very affordable it starts in the middle of june june 13th i think i believe that's correct yeah uh june 13th through the 18th um so i just wanted to get that out there before we forget Of all of the shows that you've heard about, and we haven't heard about a lot of shows. We, we a lot of us don't know what the other shows are for that mm-hmm. matter. What type of show or type of fringe experience would you really like to, to have this year? Oh man. I, I that's a tough one. It is a tough one. <laughs> um, I mean, there's plenty of stuff. I'm, I mean, I know, uh, Finette productions, uh, always does wonderful work. I'm always yeah. looking forward to seeing their stuff. Um, I know our uh, mutual friend uh, Hal Cohen yeah. is producing with with a group of uh, again wonderful wonderful performers. I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah. type of show, I don't you know. I, I think it's just I'm always with Fringe. I always want the show where I'm going in and I don't know what to expect. Yeah, you know, going in, it's like okay, what's what's going to happen here? What's and yeah. so that's yeah. My favorite fringe experience is walking out of a show, knowing what you saw, but having no idea what it was. <laughs> <laughs> right. That because it's those moments of surprise. It, it's yeah. exploration in theater. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Hal's 2019 fringe show. Was was that the, the through the door doors of misperception? Thank you. Yeah. Um, it that was, was really good, by the way, I enjoyed that. Thank you. It was, I'm a comic actor. So doing Hal's work was brutal emotionally. 
yeah it hit you emotionally like it yeah. hit me in the gut reading it uh luckily i had no experience in that show <laughs> uh hell <laughs> hell has a style uh, oh yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it was um, uh, it was uh, Hal Cohen who was who've been on our show uh, season one episode five, I believe. If you want to check out Hal, uh, Joe Swenson, Dick Sewell, and Seth Burner, <laughs> because of course Seth, um, who is an absurdist, uh, he's somebody who would be fun to have on the show. I absolutely um, <laughs> have an absurdist playwright i i love his way with words he has such yeah a wonderful way with language that he just says things in just this just you put words together in such a way that you can just really grab onto them and they're really yeah. like yeah uh so for seth burner uh, for seth's um death on a penthouse platter <laughs> was an absurdist mystery. Now, I do mysteries. It's one of my companies. And uh, he's like, I want you to play the detective. And then he's, he's like, can you fit a human hand in your pocket? And that's what I knew I was going to have fun in the show. <laughs> now, I'm also one of those people. I have a horrible memory. Like, I legit have memory issues. And I I will never forget his play, The Birthday Party. Yeah. It was it was absurd. <laughs> it was absurd. Uh, and it was just very memorable. That was the one with the talking car, right? What's that? That was the one with the talking car? Yes. Yes. Or the one that he presented at our writers group about the living chicken nuggets. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. hey, I, I think my, my, my personal favorite is his bagel play. <laughs> I don't remember uh, you, that one. Uh, this really makes me miss the days before the pandemic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when any any given weeknight you were at a friend's house reading their shows, or you were with your group having a death match, or you're with your writer's group, or you were having improv rehearsal, you were seeing a show. Uh, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. If monkeypox keeps down and if the next <laughs> thing doesn't happen and uh, <laughs> Dashers, this is your headmaster reminding you that we are now booking live Balderdash Academy. If you want improv comedy, custom game show experiences, team building, and more, you can find us online at balderdashacademy.com. And don't forget to pick up Balderdash Academy merchandise in our school store while you're there. Balderdash Academy. I think we should play a little technically correct. Oh. Because I think Eric would be really good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Eric, technically correct is a game in which I read a description of a movie. Okay. That is technically correct. Okay. And what we try to do is, as fast as possible, return what we think the answer is. And I'll let everybody answer on the same movie starting with Nate and ending with Eric because the guests should have the advantage. So, 
Uh, we're going to start off doing just technically corrects that we've done in the show okay. for season one. Oh, All right. One. So the first movie is an elderly man gets high while accidentally kidnapping a child and fleeing to South America. All right. I know this one, uh, so I'm not going to say it. And uh, I'm going to go with it's really hard not to say because I can't think of anything else now. I'm going to go with um, Shawshank Redemption. Of course, Randy. Man, that was gonna be that was gonna be my choice. Elderly uh, man gets high while accidentally kidnapping a child and fleeing to South America. Uh, uh, no idea. Cliffhanger. All right, Eric. What do you Thelma have? Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise. So, an elderly man gets high while accidentally kidnapping a child and fleeing to South America describes up. Which is the movie with the happiest beginning. That, that ever. makes sense. I have not seen it. I oh, have you haven't? It. It's a good movie if you can make it past the first, like, three yeah. minutes. So here's a film that was surprisingly popular. It is the story of an elderly pedophile who hangs <laughs> around a high school picking up underage girls. Randy? <laughs> what do you have? Uh, it's a story of an elderly pedophile who hangs around a high school picking up underage girls. Uh, <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what do you have? Uh, Back to the Future. Back no, to the Future, right. Eric. Oh, yeah, that's probably the correct answer. Keep you can, can go I, with Back can, to the Future. Can I go with Back to the Future? Yeah, no, yeah. we make up the rules. Why not? Okay. All right. So we have Shawshank Redemption <laughs> and two Back to the Futures. However, the story of an elderly pedophile who hangs around a high school picking up underage girls describes Twilight. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty accurately, unfortunately. Never seen that either. All right. Me neither. Me neither. The story of a woman who is committed to overcome supply chain difficulties to launch her new clothing line. Nate, oh. it is the story of a woman who is committed to overcome supply chain difficulties to launch her new clothing line. What's the movie? Okay. Um, a woman... Who needs to W H O M A N? Woman. Woman. I am going to say confidently that it is 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. Randy, what do you have? I can't even think of anything clever. <laughs> I can't even. I have memory accurate. problems. This is like the worst game in the world for me. <laughs> I can't even think of names of movies right now. Poltergeist. That's what I'm going to go Poltergeist. with. Poltergeist. There you go. Eric, it is the story of a woman who is committed to overcome supply chain difficulties to launch her new clothing line. What is that a description of? Pretty woman. Pretty woman. So the correct answer is 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> this is my favorite game to write. So this is a real treat for me. Okay. Randy, this is really important for this time of year. That's a big hint. Eric might get it just from that hint. Okay. A creature teaches a... Ch 
child magic so he can defeat his father. A creature teaches his uh, child magic so he can defeat his father. Uh, uh, Star Wars. Which one? The first one, New Hope. Okay. Nate, what do you have? I'm going to say um, the second one. Uh, probably is the second one. <laughs> nemesis. Yeah. Star Wars the Nemesis. Star Wars Nemesis with yep. Tom Hardy? Okay. Yes, with Tom Hardy. Yep. <laughs> Eric, what do you have? Last Temptation of Christ. Last and the, the correct answer <laughs> yes. uh, for a creature teaches a child magic so he can defeat his father is, of course... The Last Temptation of Christ, uh, also known as Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Ah, so, nice. <laughs> that was close. Nate, you win by my favorite way, default. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one was one of my personal favorites. A small town doctor brings people together in surprising ways. <laughs> Eric, you want to go? Because I think you might have it. Frankenstein? <laughs> Frankenstein, Randy, what do you have? Uh, 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 oh, oh God, I can't think of the name of the movie. I'm pulling a Molly right now. <laughs> the one, with the one the... with the guy with the the the. the... <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're laughing tells me that you, you've remembered what it is. Maybe. No, 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 I have not. I have not. Okay. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Nate, what do you have? Human centipede. Human centipede. So a small town doctor brings people together in surprising ways. We had Frankenstein. We had... Randy, what did you say? Shawshank, <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. I'm stealing Nate's default answer. And we have the human centipede. Nate is correct. It's the human centipede. Wow. You know, they they have a... I, I sent this to my... Uh, our, our friend Dave Champa, uh, they have 3D printed gummies that you can human put, centipede gummies. Uh, you can put a Twizzler through and yeah. it makes a human centipede chain. You know, not what I was thinking of when I said I had to go to the ATM. Our last one is uh, another one of my favorites from last season. A divorced man uses trickery and deceit to stalk his ex-wife from within her home. Ah, this was a good one. A divorced man uses trickery <laughs> and deceit to stalk his ex-wife from within her home. Who wants to go first? Well, I know it, so I'd like to go last. <laughs> okay, so uh, Nate, you can go last. Mrs. Doubtfire? We have Mrs. Doubtfire. Randy? Uh, seven. Seven. <laughs> and Nate, tell him what uh, it is. It It is Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, yeah. but because that's already been said, I'm going to say uh, uh, Thumbelina. Thumbelina, it was Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, we can't do Balderdash Academy without getting at least one game in, right? Yeah. Um, so because these points do not matter to the whole uh, whole <laughs> score for the season, Nate, I'm going to give you a thousand. Randy, I'm going to give you a thousand if you can remember the name of that movie. And uh, Eric, you won with 2,500 as our ah. guest. You, the obligatory win. Ah. All right. <laughs> Oh, I love that game. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney, there Sweeney. you go. Sweeney Todd. I don't know I cheated, exactly. I 
<laughs> what now? Why are you saying Sweeney Todd? Because I, I nope. It was just I was. It was the name of a movie. Oh, that, there again, that's why. somebody brings people together in surprising ways. Yes. Sweeney mm-hmm. Todd. Yeah, with eggs and pastry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you can check out Eric's show, occupant of hotel room four twenty nine, on June fourteenth, seventeenth. And 18th with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Theater Company and Orthogonal Arts. The show stars Scott Furrow and Joe Quinn. You can get tickets at Port Fringe starting, we believe, after June 1st. Please go and see Eric's show. We will. We have um, Marie, who is in our show, is also with your group. Uh, with your show collective. Mm-hmm. She's with the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday <laughs> theater. Um, it's one of those names you have to take a breath. Or as I like to call it, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric, thank you so much. I hope you had fun. You're welcome back whenever you want. Awesome. Um, it's always great to have you on. It's great to see you again. We've Let's We've missed you. you. We used to see you at least a couple of times a month. And now it's, <laughs> if we're lucky, I mean, it's going on three years now, right? Oh, man. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to Balderdash Academy. I am your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. We have our professor of steam, Nate Green. Don't Say let hi, wasps Nate. in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> We have your professor of theater arts, Randy Hunt. I I, I know plays. I just can't remember names of movies. (laughs) I probably can't remember names of plays either. And of course, our visiting professor for the evening, Eric Darrow Wordley. You can check out his show, all of our shows at Port Fringe. Tickets will go on sale soon. Ticket prices are incredibly reasonable. You can find a single pass for $15. That's one ticket for three acts. We also have ticket packages. Frugal Fringer, $75, gives you one seat to every regular show. If you want to see every regular show, plus all of the late nights, which you should, the Frugal Fanatic is $125. It's all access, including late night. We will be back to close out our second season of Balderdash Academy very soon. We took May off because Molly, Carla Rose, and myself helped Greg Baker, along with many others, to start a new sketch comedy troupe in Portland, Maine called Hey Party People. If you want to check out Hey Party People, the link is in the description to our first show. You can also find it in our podcast and on our YouTube channel. We will be pushing out many more shows over the next coming weeks. If you're interested in Port Fringe and you want to hear from the artists, or if you are an artist and would like to talk to us, you can find all the information you need to get in touch with us or to see our interviews or listen to our interviews at balderdashacademy.com. It's been a great night. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you later. Later.